You have to use your table of contents to find the book of Ecclesiastes. It's in the Old Testament, all right? It's maybe a book that maybe you've gone to a lot, maybe, maybe not as much. But it is a book that was written by Solomon. And so Solomon contributed a few different works. Um, he did um, Proverbs. That's one of my favorite books to read and just for my devotional life is the book of Proverbs. And then um, he didn't write all the Proverbs, but he wrote most of them. And then a good portion of them. And then you have uh, Song of Solomon. Woo, that's a hot one to handle, right? All right, and then um, he wrote that one, and then um, he writes Ecclesiastes, and he also wrote Lamentations too, didn't he? So don't want to leave that one out of there. So um, as we gradually come out of COVID, people are wanting to get back to normal. So we saw a big trend towards that here probably this spring, this summer, as the weather got nice. People wanted to get outside. They were tired of being cooped up. Uh, most were ready to get outside and enjoy life again. So that included some healthy pursuits, what I would call healthy pursuits, such as exploring the outdoors. So there's a pretty good number of people doing that. I think the lakes and the campgrounds are pretty full. Hiking, camping, boating, fishing, um, biking, traveling, all those good things. But it also, COVID also led to some pretty unhealthy pursuits as well. All right? Um, pretty good spikes in... Um, Online gambling, in fact, that is still um, um, DraftKings, right? And there's other ones out there right now that have really taken off. And not only hitting adults, but also younger people are getting into that. And they'll even spot you money to get you kind of sucked into it, right? So some of the things like that, uh, drug addiction, uh, porn usage spiked uh, during that time. Everybody was inside and, um, and even overeating. The average American... Um, gained 20 pounds during COVID, okay? Um, so there's always some unhealthy things there that uh, spun out of COVID as well. Um, and so in the last several weeks, um, in the ne- coming up here in the next couple weeks, I guess, um, I want to talk about things that we pursue as her- human beings. Um, the things that we pursue in the hopes of happiness or satisfaction, meaning in life, contentment, things that we pursue after. And that is what Solomon kind of addresses here in the book of Ecclesiastes. And COVID-19 was a revealer, okay? Why do we say that? Because it revealed the things that we were doing right, but it also revealed some of the unhealthy things in our life as well, the good and the bad. It just kind of magnified things within our life, what we're doing well, maybe what we weren't doing well. Um, So one of the greatest philosophers to walk on this earth was a king, And his name was Solomon. And he was crowned king of Israel at a young age, right? His father, David, dies, and he is anointed king over all of Israel. And and so when he becomes king, he's overwhelmed at the responsibilities that are now in his care of leading this great nation and all these people. And he goes to God. So he has a heart that is right there. And he goes to God and he asks for wealth. He asked for fame. No, he asked for wisdom, right? And God says, because you've asked wisely, I'm also going to give you fame, wealth, and everything else. And so he goes to God in wisdom, and God grants him that. And so um, he writes, and you can see that his wisdom, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in what he says. Now, the thing about Ecclesiastes is that some may see it as a downer because he uses this a lot. Everything is meaningless, right? 
And you have to understand there's a sarcastic tone to this. And he's punching holes in secularism and some of the things that we put our value in as a people sometimes without God. Okay? And so um, he's shooting down some of those truths. But he does it in a sarcastic way. And some of you maybe have that spirit of sarcasm. I don't know. Solomon did, at least in this book of Ecclesiastes. So as a king, as a man, as a human being, Solomon had many pursuits, and he reflects on how they added meaning to his life, all right? And so this morning, I specifically want to look at the pursuit of pleasure, because I think that is something that Americans have been dealing with coming out of COVID. We want to get back to normal. We want to enjoy life. And uh, so we're going to tackle this thing of pleasure, because for some of you, that pleasure is like, that's a bad word. Or for some of you, it's a neutral word, or some of you, it's it's a good thing. Um, what does Scripture have to say about the pursuit of pleasure? So that's what we want to look at this morning. So would you bow our heads in prayer? Father, we just thank you for your word. It is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And so, Lord God, we just pray that you would allow it to shed light on our life. Lord, um, allow it to expose the things in our life that, that need to be fixed and need to be adjusted or changed, but also... Allow it to shine a light that shows the way to you, how we can glorify you, how we can honor you, how we can walk in your truth, dear God. And so, Lord God, um, be present here with us and anoint your word this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We're going to begin with verse 1 of chapter 1. And this is what Solomon says, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. I wish it would take just a little bit longer during the nighttime, you know, right? The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never filled. It's never full. To the place where the streams come from, and there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye has never enough of seeing. Ever think about that? Nor the ear, it's full of hearing. What What has been done? What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, there is something new? It is already. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. But no one remembers the former generations, even those yet to come, and will not be remembered by those who follow them. So I want us to jump ahead just a little bit to chapter 2. Verse 1, and um, he talks a little more about pleasure. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine, alcoholic beverage, fermented drink. And embracing folly, that really means senseless behavior, right? But I like what Solomon says. He says, but in all this, I kept my mind, my wits about me, right? 
My wisdom, my mind was guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what's good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves, servants. I had other slaves and servants who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. Wow, he has it all, right? I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and uh, provinces. I acquired male and female singers. Man, he had his own orchestra, right? Orchestra, choir. I acquired a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart, all right? Solomon had, they say, roughly a thousand wives and concubines, right? Isn't that incredible? Um, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired, so the outward pleasure, okay? Outward Okay, and our eyes are kind of that lens through which greed and all those things happen because we see things that other people have and we want them or we see that and say, I want that. Um, I refused my heart no pleasure, so the inward desire. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Well, yet when I surveyed all that was done, that my hands had done, and I had toiled to achieve, everything was what? meaningless chasing after the wind so that's what i've entitled the message nothing was gained under the sun so you can see the sarcasm coming through solomon not just a little bit but a lot of it right and you, you know we could say oh solomon you know there are not everything is meaningless but at the same time you look at all that we do at times and and in time a lot of it just goes a lot of it is so temporary that we do. So what can we take away from what, what can we take away from all this? The first thing that um, is going to be on the screen there, and you can jot down, and this is going to come out as you get into the book of Ecclesiastes and throughout the whole of Scripture, is that pleasurable things were created by God for our enjoyment. Pleasurable things were created by God for our enjoyment. Think about it. God gave you taste buds to enjoy a variety of foods, coffee, steak, pie, etc. So our friend that is coming out of COVID and is in recovery, he can't eat because everything he's tasting tastes like metal. So whether it's from, the, from COVID, from the medications or whatever, he can't get food down because the taste isn't working yet. So just think about that. Today, when you leave and you're going to sit down to a meal, I don't know if it's going to be fast food or I don't know if it's been something you've been working over for maybe since this morning. You got it in the crock pot and you're going to come into the house. Not only are you going to taste it, but you're going to, first of all, what? Smell it, right? It's going to mmm. And see those pies are going to be baking this week, right? As we walk into some of your homes. We... we do you see how God has wired us to enjoy things, whether it is the smells or whether it is the taste of things? Um, he gave you eyes to enjoy a beautiful sunrise and sunset, um, the ocean, the mountains, a beautiful picture, the beauty of your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, right? 
He gave you ears to enjoy music, a trickling brook or the wind blowing through the trees. That's one of my favorites. Um, the variety of music, right? Um, you ever think about why God created music? M- music is part of Scripture, right? We worship and we praise God, but wh- why, why did God even give us the ability or the, the desire to enjoy music and to make sound? Why, why is that even important to God? All I know is that God is more, uh, is more wise and knowledgeable than we are. He gave you nerves in your hands to enjoy the pleasure of touch or feeling things. I got some sore spots on my hands because I found some prickly bushes. So sometimes it's not always good. Um, but just think, you know, whether it's holding hands or the kiss from somebody you love, a massage, a foot massage, the qualities of a heat, sitting in a hot tub, right? Or sometimes we want that cold uh, to take away swelling. There's so many things that we enjoy in life. And God gave us the ability to enjoy them. He's wired us like that. He created us with all these capabilities. And so pleasure can, it can have a lot of connotations for you, but let's get to the, what God says about it. Um, to me, it's hard to escape that God created us to enjoy the many of the things that we see in our world. And so if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, maybe keep your finger there in Ecclesiastes, but if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, where God has just finished creating the heavens and the earth and everything there, and He's created Adam, and He says in verses 8 through 9 of chapter 2, it says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there He put man that He had formed. And the Lord made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, and trees were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Think about that. He made all these things so they were pleasing to the eye and good to eat. There was good fruit on them. And in the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we know that that would lead to other things, right? And then in verses 19 through 20, if you jump down a little more, it says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. And he brought them to the man. He brought them to Adam to see what he would name them. Just think about that, you know. Adam gets a giraffe, you know. It's kind of like, oh, what do we even call that? We're going to call that, I don't know what it was in their language. We call it a giraffe, right? Um, A zebra, right? Um, just all the different animals God created, and then he brought them to Adam, and he named them. And he gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and the wild animals. You know, and all these things were not just created for God, but he, they were created for our enjoyment. Um, I, I, I was going to share this at some point, but I, Saturday morning is usually the time that I kind of go over my message and and just I usually have it prepared, but I just go through it, finish it up, and put any final touches. So I did this out in the country because uh, um, my dad was here, and he's wanting to get in a day or two of hunting. And I already got a, I got a deer Friday morning, so I just decided I'm just going to stay on my schedule. And so I dropped him off, and I just parked on an approach 
in the pickup, and I just sat there. Well, as soon as it starts getting light, all of a sudden I see commotion. It's kind of like, oh, what's happening? Well, there's three rabbits right outside my the, the pickup door there, and they're in the soybean field, and they're just chasing one another. You know what that means. So there's more rabbits on the way. And so they're just chasing each other, and so then they were going under the pickup, and then they'd come out from under the pickup, and they were just going all over. So I took some videos of them, you know, and they were just... So they, they kind of entertained me for a while, and then that guy's quite quiet, and I kind of look in the rear view mirror, and here's a deer walking by my rear view mirror right down the road, and so I'm watching that, so I took a video of that, and uh, trying to get it in reverse, you know, flip the screen, I, it took me a while, and then, you know, a few minutes later, then there's one walking across the front of me there, you know, 20 yards away, you know, I could have, of course, my dad saw nothing, right? <laughs> And I was watching the cardinals, the male and the female there in the the, uh, the cedar tree there. I mean, it was just a beautiful morning watching that. Um, and, you know, you just think about that. God gave us the ability to enjoy that. Um, those simple pleasures, it didn't cost me anything, right? Other than just the time to be out there um, and to enjoy those different things. And so I, I think we have to understand God gave us the ability to enjoy pleasure. Um, but that leads to the second point. And this is what Solomon's getting at. Number two is that the sole pursuit of pleasure will leave you, it's going to leave you empty. You're going to be like Solomon. It's all meaningless. It's going to leave you empty. And Solomon did his best to, to prove that wrong. He did everything, right, that he can imagine. And so he, he talks about that in in chapter 2, um, and I better make sure I don't get, um, he did all that he could do. So his eyes, he said he did all the pleasures that he imagined with his eyes and with, that his heart desired. And yet he was unfulfilled. It was like a chasing after the wind. I love listening to the wind blow through the trees, but have you ever tried to catch the wind? Okay, if you have, I want to, I want to see it, okay? It just goes right through your hands, right? And the thing about pleasure is that it only lasts for a moment. It's just temporary. Even just a sunrise or a sunset, some of the simple pleasures in life. You know, we could have that good piece of pie, right, and coffee. And, you know, if we just had it once and it lasted a lifetime, wouldn't that be good? It would really help our diets out. But it it doesn't, right? I mean, I'm ready for it another two, three hours later, right? Okay? You with me? Okay, I don't, but I feel like it. Um, it's temporary. All the pleasures in life are here for a moment. We can enjoy them, but they're temporary. And because of that, the sole pursuit of pleasure will, can even lead to addiction. It can lead to emptiness, and it can even lead to destruction because there's never enough, right? Especially when pleasure, the pursuit of pleasure is out of control, and it leads to unhealthy things. So Solomon, he experimented on a few things. He tried fermented drinks. So in this case, it was wine. He said even senseless behavior, whatever that means. Sometimes those two go hand in hand, right? Um, building projects, right? Man, he built these all these great things. You know what? And I, it, that's the thing about it. You can build a brand-new big house, or you can buy that brand-new car. And we need cars. We need houses, right? So, you know, the new car smell wears off in a while, right? And it's kind of like all of a sudden it's just a car, right? 
that high feeling just kind of leaves after a while. You, you drive it off the lot, and it's kind of like, I've never bought a new car, so I don't know what that feels like. I've, you know, I've bought a used car, but, um, but it leaves, right? You can have all the possessions in the world, and yet those things are just, you buy the new clothes, you buy that, you buy this, and it, it's nice for a moment, and then it leaves. Solomon, you know, he had sexual fulfillment, right? You know, God created sex and he created it to be enjoyed within the marriage relationship. It's a beautiful thing. But if you just go down that path of sexual fulfillment, it can lead you to destruction in a dark place, right? It said that he denied himself nothing that his heart or his eyes desired. You know, I just think about if we... We, uh, you know, if we leave today and we turn on the TV, maybe watch some football or watch something else, we're bombarded by commercials, right? And what if we had, you know, that new pickup? What if we had that new piece of clothing? What if we had that new home? What if we saw those things? Or what if we, the, the things that we see on social media, let's go there, right? Let's go there. Did you know that if you're on social media too much, you're going to be, that's the recipe for discontentment and discouragement. The, the, the science proves it, right? So watch yourself there because we begin to compare what other people are posting, right? If you want to feel bad about yourself, just do those things. Solomon tried the most common forms of pleasure, but in the end, he was disappointed, he was disillusioned, that's a good word, and he was frustrated. Why? Because we will never have enough to satisfy ourselves completely. You just can't. You can't. You're always going to want more. Was it Rockefeller? They said, how much more money do you need? And he said, just a little bit more, right? We always want more. Wealth, fame, possessions, whatever the case may be, you can get lost in those things. And it is for this reason that pleasures, even good ones, can lead to addictions because the, t- the pleasure is temporary. And that craving, we have to even actually amp it up to get that same feeling, right? And that's when it becomes addictive. So even hobbies can become addictive. Alcohol, drugs, whether they're illegal or legal. Food. Can you be addicted to food? Absolutely. Material possessions and sexual pleasure, they all can become forms of addiction if that becomes our sole pursuit. And we're going to want to seek them in greater measures to fill that hole in our life to get that same feeling. So, If God created pleasure, how can we enjoy it without losing our soul? Isn't that the question? God created it, right, with the ability to enjoy it, but it doesn't satisfy forever. So how can we enjoy pleasure without losing our soul? Because some people do. How can we do that? Well, Solomon concludes his book by saying, the key is to fear God and keep his commandments. I want to go to what Jesus had to say as well. So if you go ahead into the New Testament, to Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus kind of talks a lot about this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus says, this is part of his Sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear, okay? Is not life more important than food, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Wow, we, how much time do we spend worrying, right? Thinking, I don't know, it's going to change something. We worry. It, it's one thing to worry about things you can control. It's a whole other thing about worrying about things you have no power or control over. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers are in the field? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even who? Solomon, who had it all, all the money, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Isn't that profound? If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after these things. They pursue these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, this is the key. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there he kind of touches upon what Solomon says. Hey, I did all these things, and it was meaningless. It was just toil. It was just effort. I got some pleasure, but it didn't last. And it was ended up being meaningless. So number three is that a healthy enjoyment of pleasure can be found when we put God first. I think when we put God first, then the other things, we are able to enjoy the simple pleasures of life and all that God provides. Knowing that those things are just temporary. They're blessings that God gives us many times more than we deserve or that we should have. Because we're, we're content with God. And then anything else that comes our way is just extra, right? It's just bonus, right? It's just God's blessing that He's putting on us. In Genesis, we see that we were made for whose pleasure? God's pleasure, right? We are His greatest creation. He shaped us, formed us. He made us to have a relationship with Him. That's how we're different from the animals. We have a spirit. They don't. But He created us for His pleasure. And and that was so important to God that even in the midst of sin, God says, you know what? I'm not just going to wipe those human beings off the face of the planet. I'm going to provide a way to deal with sin, even though it costs me my son to die on the cross. Because I want to restore that relationship. That is so important to me. And if there's anything that we can gather from Scripture is that God so loved the world, and He just doesn't want to save us. He wants to be in relationship with you and I. And He just doesn't want us to come to church to know that, hey, man, my sins are forgiven and I'm going to heaven. That is a great thing, folks. But the idea of being in heaven isn't so that we escape hell. Yeah, that's a good thing, right? But it's so that we can be with God, right? We can be with Him in eternity. And when we pursue God and make Him our first love, it enables us to enjoy the pleasures that He brings into our life. Whether it is um, Mary Boyer over there holding a baby boy. Is it a, is it a game? Or is it Ophelia? It's one of them. But she's just lit up because she's holding this baby. Uh, 
that is a beautiful pleasure that we get to enjoy, right? When we put God first, then we get to enjoy all of these things. And they don't have the hold on us of controlling us. Because we realize, you know what, they're temporary. Those are just things that God blesses us with. He is our first love. He is our joy. And it is a pleasure to be in a relationship with Him. I'm going to have the musicians come. I've shared this maybe a few times, but um, you probably forgot it already. But Augustine, Augustine of Hippo, he's considered an early church father. But he, was, he grew up in northern Africa. There was Christianity was really strong there after, if you look back at church history, early church history. Um, but Augustine was raised in a good Christian home and had a really godly mother. And so um, he was just raised in this good environment. But when Augustine reached adulthood, he said, you know what, I want to go out and experience the world. Kind of like the prodigal son that we see in, that Jesus told the story about in Scripture. And so he moved to the city and he pursued pleasure. He pursued everything that he wanted. Went to parties, pursued women. He did all that life had to offer. But then all of a sudden he came to that place and realized, you know what? I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm empty. But I've pursued all these things of pleasure. And I'm not in a good spot. And he came back to God and he had other people pouring into his life. He found his way back to God. And in his book, Confessions, he said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. And that quote gets used an awful lot, but it is so true that when our heart finds rest in God, then we're content. There's a contentment that this world cannot buy. But if we don't find our rest in God, we're going to keep pursuing, we're going to keep searching for that next thing that's going to bring us pleasure, that's going to bring us joy. And maybe it will for a second, for a moment, but then it's gone. It's kind of like it's just chasing after the wind, right? And you never catch it. Augustine, You have made us for Yourself, O Lord. When we find our rest in You, then we find contentment, we find joy. He is our life. He is our joy. He is the one that we are to be pursuing. Amen? And when we have that correct, I believe that God gives us pleasures in life beyond blessing. And um, the older you get, I think maybe you do appreciate those things. Maybe the next sunrise or the sunset. Maybe seeing your kids grow up and see them accomplish things in life and um, some of the things that they do or when they have that first grandbaby. I'm still waiting. If you guys are watching, I'm waiting. All right. Um, Those pleasures, right? Praise God. Would you stand this morning? I'm going to lead us in a prayer of salvation because I don't know if today's your day. Maybe your heart hasn't found rest in God. Maybe maybe there's a restless in your heart and you just 
Maybe you've known God in the past and you've wandered away and it's time to come back. Maybe you've just never um, placed your faith in Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You need to do that today. And as we pray, I'm just um, asking that um, if that's you, that you just pray along with us and that we're all going to pray together and, uh, and make that our prayer. So if that's you today, make that your prayer. Let's pray together saying, Dear God, forgive me of my sin. Let me be your sole pursuit. Be my Lord and my Savior. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. And Father, I just pray for each one of us here today. Father, just as we uh, go to this closing song, the Word of God is a mirror. It, it helps us to see into our hearts, our motives, our thoughts, our a lot of the things that nobody else will ever see. The good things and the ugly things. The things that are right, the things that are wrong. And Lord God, let it be a mirror to us today, Lord God. If Just make sure, Lord God, we're on the right track. And that you're our first love this morning. If we're off track, Lord God, bring us back. If, we're, if we've become discontent with some things, Lord God, maybe... Maybe we've just gotten delusioned a little bit. Maybe we've gotten off track. And Lord God, bring us back. It's not that we've lost our faith, that we've lost our relationship with you. It just means that, God, we maybe have gotten a little bit lax in just pursuing you like we should. And so, Lord God, bring us back. Let us put the cares of this world aside and focus in on you this morning. And we give you the thanks, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, that song is pretty theologically right on. I think sometimes we think that if I can just do this, if I can do this, then I'll be holy before God, right? But it's all about Christ being within us. He's our righteousness. Now, when Christ is in us, we're going to do the right things. But if we just try to do the right things and think we're holy, we're still dirty on the inside. All right? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Father, this morning, go with us this week. Lord, and I pray that you would just bless your people just with a double blessing today, Lord God. As we spend time with our families or with loved ones, Lord God, and whether it's on the phone or in person, Lord God, Lord God, just I just pray you just reveal even just many of them the simple joys and pleasures that are right before our very eyes that you're allowing us to enjoy, whether it's the food that we eat, the things that we see, the things that we touch, Lord, the, the fellowship that we have, the laughter. Oh God, just I just pray a double blessing upon your people today. Lord God, go with us. Keep us in your heart, in your hand. Lord God, let us be your let us pursue you with all of our heart that you can be our first love, Lord God. Keep our heart on track with you. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise. We ask in your name and everybody said, and hey, God bless you this morning. Good to have you here next week. Sign up for those small groups if you're not in one. And I know you're not going to be able to maybe make every week, but at least get plugged in. There's extra books there. So God bless you this morning.